If only more people told the truth, more of these would be sold. What are they? I'm Tom Scott, this is Lateral, and we'll have the answer to that at the end of the show. I've asked three people to come and play a game where all the questions have a sideways answer. Joining me today from Escape This Podcast, Danny Siller and Bill Sunderland. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. Very very happy to be here. I'm very excited. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us. We also have, uh, also from Australia, but uh, not there at the moment, uh, from Stand Up Maths and... Sorry, yeah, you just disappointed at being not in Australia at the moment. I am. I genuinely am. I was honestly just thinking both myself and my accent are now a long way from being in Australia. <laughs> well, from stand-up maths and from Festival of Spoken Nerd and from Australia, Matt Parker. Thank you very much, Tom. It's good to be here. All right, we will get straight on. Wherever here may be, who knows. <laughs> All right, we will get straight on with question one. Lateral is a very simple game. I've got questions and I'm hoping you'll have answers. There's no points, no prizes. It's just reputation bragging rights on the line. And we start with an advert featuring a famous painting was placed next to an elevator in an ingenious position. The advert's tagline reads, be born again. Who will you become if just for a moment? I'll give you that again. An advert featuring a famous painting was placed next to an elevator in an ingenious position. The advert's tagline reads, Be born again. Who will you become if just for a moment? I do like that I have given uh, the first question, an art question, to a mathematician and two people who do escape rooms. Uh, Any (laughs) art knowledge? I was about to be insulted that you were going to say, I can't believe I'm giving an art question to three Australians. (laughs) I was ready. (laughs) (laughs) We've got some culture. Uh, We have an artist who paints sailboats. Sorry, and I nearly came back to we have some culture with yes, but unfortunately it's E. coli because apparently I'm just an assassin (laughs) today. Sorry about that. We've got I've got some art knowledge. I wish I had more because I would then have the answer to this question. Do you think? How much do you think we should be focusing on the born again part versus the next to an elevator part? Yeah, what's an elevatorial picture? I mean, there's not much that's traditionally around an elevator other than the button to operate the elevator. Oh, that's interesting. Do we have and any people waiting for the? Elevator? I mean, there's, there's bound to be other things, but there's nothing that's common to all elevator environments other than maybe having floors above or below where you are. Mm. If we're talking pure humour value, I think if you put the scream right opposite the doors, so as they <laughs> opened in front, there was just a yeah. <gasps> right in front. I no, think you want to put would... them half on each door so it does the the home alone yes, it action comes together. as the doors <laughs> <Quite> close. Glorious. <laughs> I, I I hate to pedant you, Matt, but in that case, where's the face? What? <laughs> oh, the fo- the face moves with the hands. Okay. That's why they're okay. screaming. I thought, yeah. Yeah. That's like Art 101, I think. <laughs> yeah, come on. And Tom says Australians have no culture. You are actually doing very well with the elevator button there. That was... Because the there's oh, lots goodness. of comedy places you could put a button. So if you... Basically, you got a painting, and instead of doing the cutting out the two holes, hilarious looking through the painting bit, if you cut out a single hole and then line that up with the elevator button... Yep. You're, you're then, on exactly the right lines. That's what they did. Really? Yep. Seriously? Yeah. You've, you've, they've lined, There's all sorts of childish places you can put that button. You, they've lined up <laughs> a very famous bit of a very famous painting with the elevator button. Now, what is a painting that has a conspicuous circular 
possibly arrow-shaped feature that could be replaced with a button to call an elevator. I'm thinking the guy with an apple for a face. Oh, yeah. Marat. End of Marat? list. Don't make that up. <laughs> uh, I have just been told by the producer that it's Magritte. Magritte! Ooh. I was confusing him with the guy who died Rookie in a bathtub. Era. <laughs> Archimedes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I, we haven't got time to fact check that story. No, I'm we really just don't. move on. It's probably and, true. It's and probably it's a shame that, uh, for anyone listening in audio. You didn't see Matt's face when you suggested Archimedes <laughs> as dying in the bathtub. It, it's called the the Son of Man. Um, yeah, it is unfortunately not that one. Um, you're closer with uh. an arrow. It's not. Uh, it's not a feature. It, it's certainly uh, pointing at something. Hmm. Because you almost want like a roulette, like a spin again. Is it a melting Like, who could clock? you be? Like, you're <laughs> selecting something. Uh, Bill, what were, you, uh, what were you doing just there? I was just trying to imply that there's got to be... It's pointing at something, right? But it's got to be pointing either up or down. No one's pointing... Oh. Le- like, if you had a picture of someone pointing left or right and you replaced that with an up arrow, you'd be a fool. Now, I, I, it just occurs to me that the way you're gesturing there with the pointing and the hands and the fingers, it is, it is pointing sideways. Oh. oh well, Danny also suggested uh, a melting, melting clock. clock. That's definitely got arrows. It has. Uh, don't don't <sighs> take my lead on arrows. I'm saying you're getting closer and closer okay. as you continue to point your fingers around. All right, you, I'm just going to move my <laughs> fingers, it, and you like, tell me when. The only thing that I was thinking of, and right at the start, it was talking about being born again. I only mm. have two paintings in mind when it comes to things like birth one of them is the birth of venus and one of them is the creation of atoms that the creation oh, of atoms because the pointing, pointing. With the, you're right like if if you're adam you mm. are absolutely spot on oh absolutely wow. right it was michelangelo's and creation because, of adam and now that you've confirmed it now i can actually visualize it yep. and it makes sense they took the right oh. hand half with god cut that out and just made the finger touch the elevator button so when you call the elevator you were touching <laughs> fingers with God, if just for a moment. That feels, that's got to feel pretty glorious. <laughs> it was actually an advert for a plastic surgeon. I'm not entirely sure of the context <laughs> of that. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so, uh, in the painting, God is giving life to Adam, the first human. So for just a moment, as you call the lift, you are, you are being born uh, as the first human, which frankly is more than I asked for when I called the lift. <laughs> this feels very thinky for a plastic surgery. Advertising. I feel like you're stereotyping plastic surgeons there, Matt. No, I'm not. I'm just, you know, it doesn't feel like, you know, that's, I mean, maybe they know the demographic better than me, but there you go. <laughs> I have been into a lot of surgeons' office. I haven't had promises like that before. Yes. Although, if you did go into that office and you said, and you, you accused them of playing God by, by being able to change people, like, they couldn't really deny it. <laughs> So, yes, it was Michelangelo's creation of Adam with uh, the section with God on the right-hand side of the elevator. So you reached out and touched God's finger for just a moment. Now the tables are turned and one of our guests is going to take over as host. Uh, I do not know the question that they have. I certainly don't know the answer. I'm going to be playing along too. We're going to start with Bill. And I should check, uh, because you and Danny are in the same room, uh, I you have not seen the question either. Danny, you're, you've... Not, not a clue. All right. Bill, it's over to you. Give us the question. All right. I, I have a question here. I'm, I'm ready to go. This is, a, this is a movies question. Excellent. It's a movie-themed question. So I'll give you a second to just recenter your head. Go away from high art and to movies instead. Police blank blank was accidental. 
Which two words have been removed from this newspaper headline from a 1993 film? Again. Police blank blank was accidental. Which two words have been removed from this newspaper headline from a 1993 film? Academy 4. <laughs> the whole film was just an accident. It would explain a lot, if I'm being honest. I was going to say, that's... that's... Or Academy N. That's, that's I mean, more... why, why commit to a number? That's, that's more, uh, more a mistake than an accident. A newspaper within the film. Yeah, did you say it was right? from a film? Yes. Or the... Okay. Yes, this is not about a film. This is, this is from uh... the film. So this is a newspaper that exists in-universe in the film... And we see the newspaper headline, police blank blank, was accidental. Now, I'm not great at the early 90s era, but I'm trying to think around then. Oh, okay. Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I hope not. I'm just, I just know there's a prop company somewhere in Los Angeles that has like mm. stock newspapers where all the headlines are, are, are guaranteed to be, you know, safe and not affecting your movie and you don't have to clear the rights. So the same newspaper keeps showing up in tv shows and movies and everything like that with there's there, there will be a supercut of it somewhere on the internet i have a great example of that and that's in the first episode of the tv show charmed they have the mrs doubtfire newspaper article oh oh wait wait because that can't be accidental wait how did they i thought if i remember mrs doubtfire right like they he's looking round and sees the words doubt and fire was it just uh, he sees like Wait a second, is this it? Have I landed on it? Is it police doubt fire? Oh my, yes! Was accidental? <gasps> what? Come on! You've done it. Was, was this just my question? Yeah, I was, I was worried. I was worried as soon as you said it, but yes, that's it. Police what? doubt Amazing. fire was accidental. <laughs> I feel like that was a real team effort, just so we're clear on that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Matt. You, we stumbled upon that before you had a chance to get a single gag in there. I'm so sorry! <laughs> That's, that's amazing. That's excellent. Um, congratulations, Danny. There, there are no points. I feel like there should be. I, I didn't I see mean, that coming. I'd, I'd written seven individually handcrafted hilarious jokes about films from 1993, <laughs> um, but sorry, I won't bother with any the, of those now. That's them's fine. The breaks. We'll move on. I would like to point out that, like, that, that aspect of it, right, that it's like, oh, I need a name, I need a name. Let me just... Oh, it says Doubtfire. Hmm, I could be Doubt. Danny does this constantly. I think everyone <laughs> who does tabletop role playing GMing does this. Like the players always make you point out a random stranger in your campaign. Say, "Oh, what's that person's name?" And so you just look around and you go, "Um, oh, that's Detective Waterbill." <laughs> yeah, that is that is uh, Detective Mike Paper. Yep, got it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, hey, it's me, Mike Paper. I got <laughs> things to do here. Me and Waterbill are meeting up after this case. Let's get this in. Let's get this done. I gotta go home. I'm retiring. No, no, you've got one more. I thought we doing character work. You've got one more case before retirement. <laughs> you've just got to get okay. through that. It seems like a routine case. But I can't think anything's gonna go wrong. Murder of Jill Keyboard. Bloody Jill Keyboard. <sighs> What I don't get, though, is if that prop was made for the movie, which it must have been, surely, did, did they just, did they just it, leave it hanging give around? Give it to a prop warehouse? I don't know. I mean, there's I, a non-zero no chance. Because the name's not important in the plot, is it? It's just a fake name. Pretty much. So Williams could have improvised a different name at the time. 
based on a prop. I mean, Williams, like, he was famous for improvising all... So it could have just been that he was picking a different name every time. Like, well, that's that's the name of the movie now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Every edit was a... a, Every take was a different thing in the room, yeah. Hmm. And also, like, if you put... Uh, an infinite number of screenwriters with an infinite number of fake newspapers. <laughs> They're going to write the same headline, so you never know. I set my um, Wi-Fi password by looking for things in the room. So when people come to my office, they're like, what's the password? I'm like, it's, it's these things on the shelf. But then I moved office, so I had to take a photo of them. <laughs> and then, And I realize now... I can't end this story without giving away your wife actually without <laughs> yeah. compromising the password on my office. It's three things that were on a shelf. So, yes, the headline from the movie Mrs. Doubtfire was Police Doubtfire was accidental. I'm, I mean, there's a good chance that we could have had Mrs. Police Doubt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's back to me for the next one, and it goes something like this. Putney Bridge in London is unusual in that it has a church at both ends. All Saints on the north bank of the Thames and St Mary's on the south bank. How did that come about? I'll give you that question again. Putney Bridge in London is unusual in that it has a church at both ends. All Saints on the north bank of the Thames and St Mary's on the south bank. How did that come about? Hmm. I'd never noticed. Are you, are, I, I mean, I don't want to like give away your location here, Matt, or, or compromise your security again. And you know, get, but your Wi-Fi password <laughs> is here, uh, and apparently you're based in Putney. So that ship has sailed. No, <laughs> I I lived um, near Putney for several years when I lived in South London. But when I go into London, if I cycle in, I go over that bridge. So it's potentially I'm so exhausted by that point in the cycle, I'm not paying close attention. But now that you say it, there's there's definitely well. There's definitely a church and a walkabout at one end, the southern end of the bridge. <laughs> and I do not know if there's another walkabout on the north end of the bridge, but that could also be significant. Walkabout being the Australian-themed bar. The, the horrific gotcha. bar. Aussie All right, themed. that's fair. I, I was yeah. going to ask if there are walkabouts in Australia. I assume no, there are. Probably not. The same way there aren't really. There are not. Yeah. There's not like British-themed restaurants in Britain. Hmm. And America, what does America have? They have Outback Steakhouse. Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, that's the yeah. one. We don't have that either. When oh, we were... I think we have one now. Ooh, exciting. Really? People ask us oh. about Blooming Onions when we're overseas. and just I don't know what that is. You've invented a food. So how, how heavy is the gang warfare between churches in London? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that I think that, that might question. be a decent... That's a decent chunk of the answer, I suspect. I don't know how to answer that question without being offensive to some group. And I don't know whether it's the religious or the gangs of London. I don't think I want to annoy any of those people. Like, do I want teenagers with knives on uh, get, coming at me? Absolutely not. Do I want bishops coming at me? Also, no. They're going to be more polite about it, though. But they've also got knives. <laughs> yeah, ceremonial ones. Surprisingly sharp. I've got to say, I feel like if you, if you had to pick, right, who do you think got better off in that deal? Because one of the churches has Mary. That's a pretty good saint. But the other one has all saints. That's like, they got a better deal, I think. I don't want to take sides in the war. <laughs> no. Yeah, we, we, okay, we've got to move on. just see everyone dodging the answer to that question. Um, I will hey, tell everybody you. at home. <laughs> pick a denomination. <laughs> to, today's winner is... The, no, I'm not finishing that sentence. Um, <laughs> I, I will tell you that it is nothing to do with the specific denominations or the religions of the churches. Is it because churches are quite territorial? 
they're like like jaguars or water voles. I don't know animals that are territorial. You went with jaguars. Churches. I went with uh, with McDonald's franchises. So you know, because <laughs> because if if you have a franchise manager in an area, their job is to not yeah. put things so close together. Um, I think that's that's even closer to the truth because if you get yourself a, a church franchise, <laughs> right, you don't want to. You, you you got your congregational map that you're drawing. It's not like Subway; they just cram them in next to each Actually, other. Actually, that is a problem. The franchisees complain about that. Uh, also, I've realised yeah. the word I've been struggling to find there is parish. Parish. <laughs> parish. Yes. So when you open a McJesus's, you're guaranteed. <laughs> To, according to Tom Scott. Oh no! Don't don't pa- drag my name into this. Parish catchment area. <laughs> We're offending the gangs again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I mean, so how is, special is this bridge? Uh, this is how it used to be that you the, the church would be for a certain parish and it would be for the certain area, and you generally didn't have two churches in the same village if everyone there was the same religion because you didn't need it. Mm. Hmm. It's even like each city's only allowed one, like, cathedral or whatever. And you can have other equally impressive churches, but only one is is bestowed the rank of cathedral or whatever. The... We've got to reassess. What's, what's the situation? We're in a place. I, don't, I can't remember where we are. Putney, Putney Bridge, Putney. Uh, which is... Put- Putney, Putney, Putney. Putney, not Putnam. The place is probably, is probably important because London started in the east in what mm. is now called the city that was London original and even like Westminster. Cause I taught in a school in Westminster for a while when I was a regular old math teacher, that used to be like an outpost. I mean, it's, it's in the name. Like, like, it's, the, it's the Minster in the West. It's the Mister Minster, Minster in the West. Yeah. And the school I taught at was founded after the great fire because suddenly a lot of people moved out from, the, from London to the, to the suburbs uh, after the Great Fire, and then they had to build schools and whatnot. And Putney is even further to the west. It's the West mm. Westminster of Westminster. And so I imagine originally these were like little villages. You've got Putney. Yep. You've got, what's north of that, like Knightsbridge or something, something in there. Uh, I can't Chelsea. remember what it is, but you are definitely along the right lines here. You've got not Putney. Uh, it's a bit like All Saints. It's just not Putney is mm. every other suburb. And so I imagine originally they were like totally separate towns. There was no bridge. So all they could do is throw rocks at each other. And then they had their own little churches. No bridge is good. That makes a lot of sense. And one day uh, London expanded out, you know, just slapping bridges everywhere. And suddenly they're, they're mere accessible, you know, mm. hundreds of meters apart. That's my. London and became so, the city of a hundred you know, bridges. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the people who ran the walkabout were sensible enough to collapse those down into a single location <laughs> but not not mcjesus's they they were like we've we've separately got thousand year leases on this franchise we're we're keeping it with with apologies to every christian listening matt you've absolutely got it right yeah oh, on. the churches were built before the bridge it was two separate parishes two separate congregations two separate everythings uh there was a Worship site on the south bank since the 13th century, on the north bank since the 12th. There wasn't a bridge until 1729. And there was a ferry, but that wasn't enough to make them the same place. It is said that uh, there wasn't a bridge for a long time, and then Prime Minister Robert Walpole uh, was making his way back to Parliament, and the ferryman was drinking in a pub on the other side of the river and held up the Prime Minister. And suddenly, a few years later, there was a bridge. (laughs) In the walkabout, is what I've been trying to explain. (laughs) 
You know what? I could absolutely <laughs> believe, because it's London and there will be that history, that the pub the Prime Minister got delayed by is now the walkabout. Matt, we are coming to you for the next question. As before, I've not seen it. I don't know the question. I don't know the answer. No one here does other than the production team. And Matt, it's you. My question, and this is one that I am a big fan of this topic. So the question is, there is, you get this for free, there is a mathematical reason why bees make their honeycombs using hexagonal shaped cells. The question is, what is that reason? Why are bees such big fans of hexagons? I mean, we, we all are, but why Why are bees particularly into hexagons? I know there's a CGP Grey video about this, and I cannot remember there a is. single word of it. I just remember the phrase, <laughs> hexagons are the bestigans. Are the bestigans. There you yeah. are, see? And that's that's every time I mention hexagons, <laughs> all in any context, everyone yells bestigans yeah. at me. I can't remember a single word of the rest of that video. I didn't do maths past, like, being a kid. So, all right. I messaged Gray after that and said, thanks a lot. You've, <laughs> you've tainted hexagons henceforth. <laughs> I, I want to say that there's something along that line uh, that something in jumping in my head that, that bees kind of don't make hexagons. Like they they just make Ooh. they just fill they make they make circles which when they start to layer just sort of naturally will compress down and make the, but they're just like I'm a I'm a bee I don't know hexagons I'm I just I just put it around me I make a little circle and it and it compresses down naturally is it something about them you... having amazing tessellation Wait, don't don't interrupt me he said he's going to give me something oh please no I was about to but Danny is now noinked. No, no, tessellation, tessellation. It's is it the most? <laughs> it's about tessellation, everybody. Is it the most efficient way to get that number of like honeycomb cells into an area? Yeah. yeah well, okay. So it depends subtly on how you phrase the question, because Bill was absolutely correct. Bees would rather make circles. If you leave bees alone and there's no other honeycomb near them, they will make a circular cell. And by circular cell, I mean like the opening to the tube. Is a circular and then actually be a cylinder. How did they find that there. out? Did they just get a single? What they bee? do? Oh, okay. Oh, no, what they, they actually they get unusual starting conditions like for honeycomb that would never happen in nature. They artificially make a really weird starting setup, put some bees on it, and then see <laughs> where they build from there. I'm sorry, I and just so love that... the phrase "put some bees on it." Which sounds, which which reminds me both of just bad advice for life and also put a donk on it, which is just like, which is a reference that has landed for no one in this call. Never mind. No, I thought you were going to say that that was medieval surgery advice. (laughs) I cannot work today. My legs, my legs, I have gout. Put some bees Ah, on it. Put some bees on it. Yeah. Now we're out of leeches, but we have got a recent shipment of bees. You say shipment, they just they just sort of arrived a while back and we haven't really wanted to get rid of them. We keep it's trying the latest and, and... treatment from Prague. You do, you get bees. <laughs> I was talking to a beekeeping friend of mine on the weekend and they get bees, bees are shipped in the post. Really? Like it, that's a re- <laughs> Actually, another beekeeper I know who happens to be in the same room as me is nodding their head <laughs> furiously that we happen to be talking about bees. It's true. You, you, you order bees in the post and they are angry. You open it up and oh. <laughs> You wanna wait? Do you do you make them fall asleep first? Do you like put them in the fridge? 
They, no, smoke. you just open it they're and smoke. hope for the best. No, don't um, use like bee smoke or something like that. Sorry, I, bee I, I, I'm, smoke. I'm gesturing. It's my favourite Western. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... I don't do bee smoke. Um, sorry, I have just been completely like nerd sniped by the idea of like how a bee would hold a gun and swivel a six shooter to be in a duel, duel at high noon. So, well, Aww. fun fact: bees have bees have little pockets. Bees have tiny pockets on them. What? That's true. So you can put a gun, you can holster the... (laughs) Bees are the best cowboys of the insect kingdom because you can holster the guns in your little leg pockets. The pollen pockets. Bees have little pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, Matt, I don't want you to repeat anything I say about bees out loud because there's a beekeeper near you who can immediately fact check me. Bees have pockets from from the person who brought you Archimedes Drowned in the Bath. (laughs) Hey, hey, he didn't say drowned. He just said died. He died. So, good point. You're right. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm adding some narrative flavor to it. No, so, so bees. He was shot by oh, yeah. bees. Sorry, we were talking about tessellation, Matt. <laughs> this is your question. Sorry. We, we were to, go back, about- yeah. to go back. So one answer to the question is bees make hexagons because they start with cylindrical tubes. And if you stack them, they become hexagons. Or more accurately, because the wax is pliable, when the bees making like the, the, the cylinder, it just pushes out a lot. But there's a bee on the other side of the wax who's like, hey, stop that, and they're pushing back. Aww. It's often the same bee at different points in time because oh. the same bee can be working around. A bee, two bees, maybe the same bee. Or not two bees. Separated in time. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it Did wasn't you say worth not interrupting two you bees. for that joke. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, look, an open goal. <laughs> Sorry, carry on <laughs> So two bees, or as I mentioned before, not no. two bees, one bee separated in time, are pushing the wax backwards and forwards, and the stable structure that you end up with is a hexagon. Now, the tessellation thing <laughs> is also super important because nature, like as bees did that, and, and evolution was like, good work, bees, you get to live, because that <laughs> is the most efficient way to section space into little areas with the minimal perimeter. The hexagon can't beat it. And bees have been doing this for, you know, millions of years. And we only managed to prove mathematically that that is the best arrangement in 1999. So within the we last 30 years. We wasted all our time on triangles. I know. We were distracted by the triangles. Um, and so the... In one sense, the answer is because that's the shape that forms when bees argue over where wax should go. But the answer is also that's just the most efficient way to do it. Um, It gets slightly more interesting when you look at the end of the tube. Because if you think about it, you've got the the opening to the tube as a hexagon. Then you've got a tube. It's got to end somehow. Does anyone want to have a guess what the end, the other end of the the bee tube is? (laughs) It's, It's a shape we all know and love. Wait, so it's not just the same all the way through. You've got a different shape at the end. Does it turn it's got into an like end. Chaotic, I mean, chaotic tunnels, or does it like splay out? What actually happens is you've got tubes coming from both sides of the 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 the. the what do you call the thing in the hive? The thing you lower in. Uh, Wait, I'm going to my bee expert. The frame. 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 That's Excellent. it. Yeah. The, the... You got you got bee bee tubes. Technical phrase coming from both directions in the frame and where they meet they have to form some kind of i mean one option is just a flat surface 
but that's not what happens. They actually form a different shape in the middle. And I'm taking, an I'm exact, taking bonus an exact fictitious points. Of spaghetti Junction. Close. It's not, is it? <laughs> no, it's actually, I've actually got it behind me. It's been in shot the whole time. There it is. If you were looking at the webcam version, it's a rhombic dodecahedron. Here we go. <laughs> Ooh. This is, this is going to be, see, it was a clue. That you just had to look in the background. The hints were there, people. Um, so they form a rhombic dodecahedral shape. So they, they end like that, like a pointy bit of a rhombic dodecahedron, which for people listening is just a bunch of rhombuses that meet in a point, basically. And this is not the most efficient way to do it. There are better ways yeah, of doing it. but it's got style. It's got style. And so th- this is the counterpoint to bees are doing maths. Because if they were, they'd use something better, like a truncated octahedron. But they're not. They're just pushing wax around. So they've ended up with the pretty good, but not perfect, rhombic dodecahedron. Although it is my favorite of all the dodecahedra. So <laughs> Another one for you then. At the 1924 Olympic Games, the American athlete Robert Legendre set a world record with a long jump of 7.76 metres, which no one surpassed at the event. However, he only received a bronze medal for his efforts. I'll give you that again. At the 1924 Olympic Games, the American athlete Robert Legendre set a world record with a long jump of 7.76 metres, which no one surpassed at the event. However, he only received a bronze medal for his efforts. Why? Back then, robots were allowed to compete. Ah, those bloody <laughs> robots. Yeah, the 1924 steampunk Olympic Games. Yeah. You know, you just, just put some bees on them. They'll fly for miles. <laughs> That's it. How, how many bees does it take to lift a human if they really work together? Mm. He, was, he was just banned for doping because he just had 10,000 bees attached to him. Uh, no, <laughs> it's, it's not that. I realise I'm supposed to yes and these suggestions, Matt, but no. <laughs> no, I accept the occasional no. <laughs> Blocked. Um, so, okay, so he has set the the world record yep. for the long jump. Absolutely. Look at me. I'm the best long jumper. No one here has outperformed that long jump, but he doesn't get the gold. No. Nope. He comes third. Yeah. To me, there's only, there's there's like, there's, I'm thinking there's two possibilities. Ooh. I would like to, we can collectively weigh up these options. I think either right. Two's a good start. long jump does not exist as its own sport. So he's done the <sighs> long jump as part of the heptathlon or the, or the pentathlon oh, that'd be or a the funny decathlon or the dodecathlon or the rhombic. Do, no. So, <laughs> yeah, the rhombic decathlon. I'd love and that. And so best, best long jumper by far, but then his high jump, oh, not so good. He still went long and he just went underneath. And so he ends up on average third. I think this is a very reasonable That thought. actually is very reasonable. That tracks. Here's my second option. He gets, the, he gets the long jump. It counts according to like the record rules, but it doesn't count according to like normal Olympic rules. So it's like, yeah, look, by the record book, you set the record. You did the longest jump. No one's going to jump that far. But he got a time penalty. But, you know, you didn't tuck your toes at the end. And that yeah. means that in the Olympics... You get nothing. You lose. So, or, except bronze. vice versa, it could qualify for the Olympic win. Like, let's mm. say there was too much wind to be an official world record, but the Olympics yeah. don't care about wind assist. So it still counts for the Olympics, but not for the world record. Yeah, it's exactly right. Different, different standards. Yeah. Or the other two competitors never landed. 
This is <laughs> yes, they just kept going. This is funny. The other two competitors but... never landed. They just oh no, <laughs> just yeah. flying off. That happens in a Simpsons episode. It's One of them exactly. just goes right out of the stadium. It happens in an Bing, and they're like, well, I mean, we can't measure that, but I feel like they should win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no record didn't land, but <laughs> that's the gold. One of those three suggestions is exactly right. You've nailed no. it. Good work, so, Matt. You no. got it. They never landed. <laughs> never landed. But they hit orbital velocity. I'm going to ask each of you to put your weight behind one of them. Was it that it was a different event and he just happened to beat the long jump as part of that? Was it on some technicality that counted for the world record but didn't give him the win? Or... Was it that the other two competitors kept going? <laughs> Matt, pick one. Uh, I reckon, <clears throat> I re- just, I suspect it's the first one, but I'm going to put my weight behind the second one, the technicality one, just because just I forget everyone's going to vote for the first one. I'm going to vote for the first one. I think yeah. you don't get a medal for the long jump. You get a medal for the, for the multi-jumps. Danny? I'm a little disappointed because my initial guess was none of those. And it was that, because I know this was a thing. At one point, they didn't have gold medals. I was assuming bronze was the highest. Bronze was the best. But I guess we're going to have to go with one of these other ones. If you vote for They Never Landed, this question never ends. And Tom is stuck in this episode forever. (laughs) Uh, Interesting, interesting. uh, the, the The first clue I have on here, on my notes here, is that there was no lack of gold or silver medals. Bronze, bronze did mean third. Oh, right. you, you predicted me. You saw me coming. Yeah, if, if this were a different show, there'd be klaxons going off now, but this is not that show for yep. both important legal and copyright reasons. Um, <coughs> no, and it was an actual part of the real competition. Uh, yeah, the first one just makes so much sense. Mm, yep. I, and you are I feel like I have to go Absolutely with... right. He was competing in the five-event pentathlon with everything <sighs> taken into account. He came third, but he casually broke the world record along the way. As you do. Uh, however, there was a long jump event at that Olympics, and he oh. didn't qualify for it. <laughs> oh! <laughs> he showed them. Uh, I mean, he also played American football and baseball, uh, graduated from Georgetown University, uh, tried making it as a Hollywood actor, and then became a dentist in Washington. So there's a lot of stories in that man's life. So, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, he was competing in the five-event pentathlon. So, despite casually setting the world record in the long jump, came third overall, got the bronze medal. Which means we turn to Danny for your question. What have you got for us? Happy to read this one out for you. So, some time ago, you could try to purchase two items from Rotunden, a Danish supermarket. Excuse my pronunciation. I don't know that much Danish. One would cost you the equivalent of $6, while the other cost $150, even though both items were completely identical. Why? Ooh. Oh. Okay. Okay. So we're going... What was this... Where are we buying this from? So some time ago, shop? you could try to purchase two items from Rotunden, a Danish supermarket. Okay. One would cost you the equivalent of $6, while the other cost $150, even though they're completely identical. It's the new special Danish offer. Buy one, get another at an enormously inflated price. That's <laughs> Buy one, get one for 90 times the price. That's how they get you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so both items are completely identical. How much was the second one? About $150. $150. Bucks. So yeah, 25 times more expensive. 
<laughs> I thank you, Matt. I tried and failed to do that mental there. arithmetic while also <laughs> talking. I was like, 90 doesn't sound right. No, it's it not wasn't, two orders it wasn't even close, Matt. It was a complete <laughs> shot in the dark guess. And I am both grateful and slightly annoyed you called me out on it. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's my model, yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that amount important, like the 25 times? I wouldn't have thought so specifically, okay. just that it was greatly more. There's two options here. I would say either these are items where the government heavily subsidizes one of them, like prescription drugs or something. And they're like, the amount you need for your health care is government funded. But if you want some more just for fun and giggles, you're paying, <laughs> no subsidies. You're paying full price. Or the reverse is something that's like, you know, rationed. So you get the first one for normal price, mm. but you want a second one, you're being a little greedy and there's a massive surcharge to suppress people, you know, taking more than this? they require. Was this like well, start of 2020 oh. by any chance? Are you thinking uh, baby formula or whatever it was? Oh. That's an Australian oh, issue, that's an I think. Sorry, let's, let's talk about Australian <laughs> politics and Chinese uh, politics and talk about baby formula shortages. Although I do know there's one Nordic country that gives... Uh, new mother's just a, a box of stuff for your baby. But but once you have a second baby. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you can reuse this. No, because that doesn't make sense. You'd have, you'd have twins. I'm assuming you're buying both of these at the same time. Hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. So is this is this to prevent panic buying at the start of the pandemic? Was that, was that the rules they put in? I suspect, oh. like Australia... All of Denmark's toilet paper comes from one factory in Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, is that, that, that seems extremely specific. Is there just one toilet paper factory in the whole of Australia? I think I think I'm slightly over exaggerating, but I feel like maybe well, just there's two factories it. in Adelaide. <laughs> but no, I like I like that idea. Like if it's if it's a rationing thing, right? It's like when people they didn't want people overbuying toilet paper or, or masks or or hand sanitizer or something like that, where it's like, everyone's going and buying a million. So that makes sense, right? Like, to it's just a rationing effort for stuff. You are indeed bang on if oh, we're looking at when this was. Early 2020. You nice. nailed it. The question very cleverly says, some time ago. So uh, yes. you jumped on that. Very well done. It was one of the items that you've suggested? Uh, it was masks. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Hand sanitizer. Baby four. Hand sanitizer. Option number three, it was hand sanitizer. Please. <laughs> that, was, that was my first sign that there was something going on in early 2020, which is literally, I was in London and I had a moment go, huh, shop sold out of hand sanitizer. That's weird. And that was, mm. the, that was the first little, it, you know, if this had been wow. a movie, that would have been the foreshadowing for me. That, that would be the moment where there's just stuff going on in the background that I didn't pay attention to. Now, at least hand sanitizer makes sense. Did you get weird ones that seemed very unusual for a pandemic, you would have thought? Like, two-minute noodles. I was very upset that I couldn't get my two-minute noodles. <laughs> you couldn't get flour anywhere near where I Yep, lived. absolutely true here as well. Mm. Anything in the pasta aisle was pretty yes, much wiped out. anything that lasts was gone. Because as soon as one person just goes... Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll get a couple more bags just to be safe. The entire supply chain falls and it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Da Danny, do you want to wrap up the question, please? Absolutely. 
you're quite right. So fed up with people hoarding hand sanitizer at the height of the pandemic. Uh, this supermarket put up a sign saying first bottle of hand sanitizer costs 40 Danish krona and all the subsequent ones that you bought, 1,000 Danish krona. I wonder how they policed that. At some point, someone must have been going in. You know what? <laughs> Go in. Fake moustaches were also a thousand yeah. Danish krona. <laughs> That's how they get you. <laughs> Go in, buy some hand sanitizer. Come back five minutes later, buy some hand sanitizer. Come back five minutes later. I'd like to return these two bottles of hand sanitizer. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Tom knows how to game the system. That's that's the real lateral thinking. Finally, then, at the start of the show, I asked this question. If only more people told the truth, more of them would be sold. What are they? Very quickly, anyone on the panel have some thoughts before I give the audience the answer? Uh, treatments for sexually transmitted diseases. <laughs> you know what? You know what? That is not on my card, but I will accept that answer. That is... Wow. That, I, I don't like sold in that question because I'm from the UK and that, that implies a much darker future. But you know what? I'm, I, I, I will accept that answer. Uh, Danny or Matt? I was going to say cans of deodorant. In a similar... And what kind of things do people lie about? Copies of copies of 1984 that no one has read because they keep pretending they've read it. Uh, the answer is birthday candles. If more people are honest about their age for employment oh! or anything like that, oh. you'll sell a few more candles. That is our show. Thank you very much, Bill and Danny. Uh, please tell the audience, where can they find you? What do you do? Uh, yeah, look, we make a show called Escape This Podcast, uh, where we have guests on to play through audio escape rooms that we create, a new one every two weeks. Uh, you can check that out at escapethispodcast.com. Why not go back to the start of the year and find the episode that Tom Scott was on, where he tried to save his friend's ailing farm. And Matt, uh, how about yourself? What have you got going on? Uh, I've got a podcast called A Problem Squared, where myself and comedian Beck Hill solve listeners problems people send in a problem we will solve it and i'm i'm dabbling with this whole youtube thing so <laughs> if you're in, if you're into math check that out congratulations on the million subscribers there it's uh... oh thank you Ooh. that's our show for today thank you very much to all our guests well done to everyone for surviving that onslaught uh, if you want to know more about the show or want to submit an idea for a question the website is lateralcast.com you can find us at lateralcast basically everywhere and you can watch the latest video highlights at youtube.com slash lateralcast thank you very much to bill and danny from escape this podcast thank, thank you. you thank you very much to matt parker yes thank me I'm Tom Scott, and this has been Lateral. See you next time.